So welcome to the Well Actually Podcast. I'm your host, Toju, and we are joined by a special guest today. Uh, I've, I've wanted to link up with this uh, young man for a while because we we wanted to get some new people in here to you know give some perspective on goings on and what we're supposed to be talking about. So, uh, sir, how would you uh, introduce yourself? Go ahead and introduce yourself. Well, I like that you started with young man because <laughs> yeah, I mean it's part of it. It's part of it. I have quite a lot of grades, and I don't know that they agree, but but I appreciate it. I take it. It's a compliment. Uh, my name is James. Uh, I'm a Rodian. I'm uh, you know um, by profession uh, a software architect. I've been in the software industry for about twelve years. Um, okay. I used to be at some point uh, a DJ. I was a DJ for about ten years as well. So okay. see, I'm calling all these years, fam. Okay, so we're, we're definitely going to circle back to that. Don't worry. We'll circle yeah, back to that. Yeah. And uh, just in general, I'm, uh, you know, um, I try to pride myself on, you know, growth, learning, and just, you know, observing in a weird way, observing humanity. And, and I feel like that's all, that's a majority of what I'm put on earth to do is just observe and, and, and enjoy the process of what people do. So, I'm also a, an observer of life in a okay. way. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> so you're you're a Renaissance man, basically. That's that's what that's what I'm hearing right now. All right. Appreciate that. Sure. Appreciate that. I will uh, take it. <laughs> software architect, DJ, firefighter. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Uh, I I know we we had a bunch of topics that we were gonna touch on today, basically, and. For anyone joining or listening, just please remember to subscribe to the Well Actually podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, however you get your podcasts. And of course, we are broadcasting live on YouTube. So please subscribe to the Well Actually podcast channel on YouTube and click on the bell so that you can get notified when we are live or when a new video drops. And remember, this episode of the Well Actually podcast is brought to you by our good folks at Naija Food Depot. Use the promo code PODCAST to get 10% off your next order on your favorite African and Caribbean goods. That is NijaFoodDepot.com for all your groceries, your African and Caribbean groceries. All right. So we have a lot of things to get to and not a lot of time. So I'm just going like, to run through them real quick. And the first thing I want to get your thoughts on, and it's the thing that has been in the news uh I don't know. Can we even call it news or just like the social? Public, yeah, the public consciousness because <laughs> social media is news. And Dave Chappelle, he, he has he has made waves. He has ruffled some feathers. He has he has caused a lot of conversation. That that is like the easiest way to put it. So first of all, I wanted to get your thoughts on on what he not just what he said but how he said it and who he was talking to and and let's and then we'll go from there okay well i mean it's interesting i mean dave Chappelle. you know we all know dave Chappelle, right we and, and we all on some level i think throughout his career we'd like to a lot of people have i, I can't speak for everyone but i think a lot of people on some level has liked dave Chappelle 
because uh, he's done a bunch of different things. He's done movies that are very different from the kind of comedy he does now. He's done, you know, the, the show he had before. So he's done a lot of things. He's touched a lot of different people, different audience, right? So I, could, I would like to think that, you know, a lot of people on some level at some point has liked Dave Chappelle. Okay. Um, what's with what's going on right now? The one thing I would say is it's hard to determine if what's happening is because of what Dave Chappelle said okay. or uh, because the reason I say it's hard to determine that is, you know, there's a lot of things that get said, not just by Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle says some stuff. Uh, if you look at what's said in, in music, right? Look at rap records. I mean, come on, you know, there's a lot that's being said there. Um, you know, the baby is another, you know, uh, act that recently, you know, got canceled. Right. Um, and the baby isn't the only problem or the only symptom. The whole of the music industry has a different perception of the LGBTQ community. Right. Um, you know, even in, the, the film industry, all these people have their own perceptions. So everybody's saying things that, you know, I feel like if you pay attention to every industry, every person, every, you will hear something that might not rub a person of that community the right way. Okay. Uh, now, that being said, I think the same thing happens for community of women, right? the community of uh, the marginalized. So you talk about, you know, maybe black people or the minorities, you know, every individual member of every single community, if you listen to any of those industries, uh, any work from any of those industries, will find something or will have something that rubs them off the wrong way, right? If you listen to certain Cardi B records, right? You, you as a man, a black man might not like that, right? It's glitchy. She's back on. Uh, so if you listen, but if you listen to, as a woman, listen to some rap records, you might not like some things you hear either, right? As a black person, you listen to some some country songs and then you realize that the country song was initially part of a, a whole racist, uh, you know, uh, musical thing that, you know, if you listen to every single industry, there's any group, at any moment, will definitely have something that they don't enjoy. Right. The question is, why do they still exist? Why does rap still exist? Why does some country music still exist? Why do certain movies still exist? Why does Dave Chappelle's comedy still exist? Or comedy in general? I mean, if you've been to any stand-up of any kind, you know, everyone gets roasted. Mm-hmm. So why, if these things are literally that offensive, then why do some of these things still exist? Right. If, if, if they're all bad, as Dave Chappelle is being painted, so why does Dave Chappelle still exist? Wait, okay, why is- so okay, so I'm going I'm I, I'm going to push back there because it's different. It's different when you're getting roasted because for the most part you're either equals or you're in on it. Like there's mm-hmm. like legit comedy that's like a roast because you are invited. Like you right. are in, you are invited. You are in, and that's where the term actually like came from colloquially is because you are invited to take part in it whether as a roaster or the person being roasted 
So right. you, no, so, no. so you are. It's a conscious decision to be part of that transaction, whether it be like because it's like they they rarely like even at a roast they rarely turn their attention to a member of the audience. That's not. But if you go to if mm-hmm. you go to any stand up, I'm right. not even talking about a roast. Mm-hmm. If you go to any stand up, right, right. I go to stand ups a lot, right. And one thing I've learned is don't sit on the front row. I learned that the hard way. Yes. Right. Yes. I, because I, you will get roasted yes, I, yes. at some point. It's going to get to you. Yeah. I, I, right. Not me I went, personally, but right. But person, like literally sitting right next to me. Yes. But go on. Exactly. Uh, I was at the Von Orgy uh, 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 stand up here in Dallas. On and purpose? I'm sorry. I said on purpose. You went there on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought she was cool. I wanted to see what she's about, you okay. know. All right. All right. Go <laughs> so ahead. I went there. I was in the end. Besides, you know, I think you know she's a very good-looking woman. So, and Uh-oh. I heard she's single. So I figured I'll go out there and try my shot. You I know, said, Renaissance <laughs> man, Renaissance man. Go ahead. Hey, man. You know, life is like. Okay. Well, I was in the front row. All I had on was a white pair of sneakers. And guess what? She picked on me too. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. And I wasn't mad at that. It is right. what it is. I go to stand-ups all the time. I went mm-hmm. to an Amanda Seals stand-up, right? She roasts men. And if she, you're a she's, fan... She's in the news a lot right now. Right. Yeah, you know, okay. I went to one of her stand-ups. She, if you were a man and you were in that show, you had to have tough skin because at the end of the day, it was comedy. So you had to have tough skin. If you were a person who took things personally, you'd get up and leave. And I think maybe one or two people actually did, you know, during the show. So my point with saying all of this is, my point with saying all of this is, what makes the difference between canceling Amanda Seals or being mad at Yvonne Orji or being mad at the country music that you hear and canceling that or, or canceling hip hop? What makes a difference, right? Why, who gets to choose? I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not even speaking on if Dave Chappelle is right or wrong. Okay. I'm trying to figure out who gets to choose that this is the one. What about this? makes this the one all right so i have i have a couple answers to that so the the very first part of what you said is your answer you went there you went Mm -hmm. to the comedy club just Mm -hmm. like everybody else who was there correct so it's like the social uh, contract there is you are going to see someone so what well, in that case, you can also say the same thing for click and play on netflix no but see but then but no but but then look at it like there, there's a reason why when Chappelle does his his sets in clubs, he confiscates everybody's phones. Okay. So because he knows what he's saying is going to be incendiary, it's also because it's it's also because it's not refined. It's not also really. because not, no because I I like because because I know there are people who I know someone who exclusively goes to Chappelle shows that are not broadcasted. So it's like yeah. he's he's doing this because he doesn't want any any part of the quote-unquote creative process being broadcast before he is ready. So I don't agree with to, and, and, of course, and, of course, let there's the Netflix deal. Go ahead. Yeah, let me tell you why I don't agree. Okay. If you go to a Kevin Hart show, he does the same thing. Mm-hmm. In a Kevin Hart show, and you know Kevin Hart tells, tells family jokes for the most part, but he does the same thing. Yeah, when well, I was, yeah well, well, the reason why no. Kevin Hart does is because of he's trying to monopolize how he's going to, how it's going to be distributed. Right. So my point is that my point is just that for all of the comedians, if you go to any stand up, matter of fact, any stand up, if you go to any comedy house, go to improv, the first thing they tell you to do, put your phones away. And oftentimes it's not because of the the uh, um, uh, vulgarity of the content. It's oftentimes because 
these comedians are on a tour, right? And if you film their joke, if you go to one of their performance and you, they'll see, they repeat the same jokes. Of course, of course. Every single place. So if you right. film that joke and you put it online, well, their next show is going to bomb. Right. Because everyone's heard it before. You know, because that's how these things travel. Imagine they say something funny and they share it. And guess what? In two seconds, it's viral, right? right? Then they can't use that joke anymore. And they pay writers for these jokes, you know? So now they have to come up with a new joke. And sometimes they'll have to tell the joke a different way. And you can tell when they've told a joke before, because Amanda, Amanda Seals did the same thing. She told this one joke. I can't remember what it is. And she spun it a different way. Um, and she had to do that, but it wasn't as funny. So that's what I believe from my experience to be the main reasons why they say, hey, to put your phones away, because it hurts the artists, one. Two, you also have to focus on the joke because sometimes they're telling a story that you miss if you're busy recording, right? So that oftentimes is the biggest reasons that I've seen because every improv comedian does this. So it's not just Dave Chappelle, right? So, so no, so I'm not saying it's exclusive to Chappelle. I, I, I hope it didn't come off to that because, but I'm saying based on what I know about him specifically, mm -hmm. it's either he's sculpting the joke or he, he knows he's going to be offensive or even what could be the most important thing to either him or the audience is he's in a way beholden to Netflix. So it's like if there's going to be any dissemination of his content, it's almost mm. exclusively through Netflix, even if it's going to be on the Net Netflix YouTube page where you don't need a subscription to watch it. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I hear you. And, mm -hmm. and I think I think I think I think that's. You know, I, that's definitely a, a part, right? Obviously, you don't want your content being out there when, when, when it hasn't been sold or someone's willing to pay exclusive rights to them. Right. I think we're kind of both saying the same thing on that level, which is why Kevin Hart, you know, does the same thing and Yvonne Orji does the same thing because they film these specials. They go around, they do a tour, right? They do a tour where they tell these jokes, these repetitive jokes, repeat them, repeat them to master them and figure out the best way to deliver them. And then at the end of the tour is when they film the special. Right. And it's the exact same joke. So when I looked at the Yvonne Orji special, all of those jokes were literally the same jokes that I heard at the mm -hmm. Dallas show, mm -hmm. right? But that's why it would suck if we all recorded it and put it out there because when she filmed the special and Netflix releases it, it won't sell because, right. oh, we've heard that before. No. So you are right, right, in that sense, right? All right. But, but so the, 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 the important part that I'm trying to make for this is... Hmm you are signing up to like you know it's it's i don't want to say it's a hazard but it it's within the realm of possibility as a so member cool. of the audience that you could be roasted well no, so, see, so, so, it's, so it's not necessarily that you're volunteering for it but you but know I wasn't, even, I wasn't even saying the members of the audience get mm -hmm. roasted you no, know, no, no because like like literally someone next what i'm saying like it's like you said the front row the front row is dangerous like you you get a right. lot of shrapnel even right. if, even if it's the person's process, like to get their creative right. juices going, they'll look for an easy target or who mm -hmm. they consider an easy target. That's what I'm saying. It's. Mm -hmm. But what I was saying, but what I was saying was that, you know, not just the audience gets roasted in an Amanda Seals show or uh, Yvonne Orji show or, uh, you know, if you were to go to Cat Williams show or Kevin Hart. Other people get roasted who are not even there. Like they'll roast, like like I was saying, Amanda Seals roasted the heck out of men, right? Uh, Ivan Orji roasted the heck out of Nigerians and foreign people. When I went to, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the guy who used to do a Jay-Z voice impression. Very talented guy. Jay Farrell? Roasted, 
not Jay Farrow, it's another guy, chubby guy. People forget about him often, uh, but he's very talented. I'm, for, I'm like, forgetting. Does he have like a gap or something? No, no, no. Black guy, black comedian. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna look him up real quick. Okay. Uh, you know. Yeah, Eric Spears. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, he. You see what I mean? Popular yeah, yeah. guy, but a lot of people forget him often. So if if you go to his show, when I went to his show, the same thing. He roasted Africans to to the end, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, but the reason I say these things is, they. It, this isn't the first time people of any particular group gets roasted because this is how you find jokes, a lot of them. If you look at their content, you find a person, a thing, you pick out, you pick it up. And now I'm not saying that justifies what Dave Chappelle has done. I'm not even saying what Dave Chappelle has done is something that needs to be justified. You get what I'm saying? All I'm saying is this, for some reason, we have a bunch of people in a bunch of different industries that do the exact same thing, but somehow specific people get chosen to be um, to receive the punitive part of the of the whole process, so people get angry at everyone's jokes. But somehow we choose Dave Chappelle, or we choose the baby. Which the baby, if you've heard Too Short, if you've heard Fifty Cent, if you've heard you know any of these artists, Boosie, they say insane oh, things. Okay, so you mentioned, <laughs> you, know? you, mentioned you mentioned Boosie. So okay, you know, I don't I I don't want to get I don't want to get us off topic, but mm. even in in Chappelle's latest special, the one that's that's causing this set of uproar, he mm. did mention the baby. He mentioned the baby specifically. Right. And even And you asked the same question that I'm asking. Yes. So the this is this is where I this is where I sort of grapple with what he's He's saying his okay. his right to say it, and if he's right in saying it, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of it's a lot of whataboutism. It's a lot of oh, where they're well, they're doing it. It's a lot of he at one point he even said that he thought the baby went too far. Let's consider that for a second. Yeah. It's like he he's realizing that. So it's like he knows that there is a line. Yes. He, re- he recognizes that there's a line. Of course. But who is who who are you going to listen to on that there's a line? Exact that's the same question I am asking right now. Who okay. is the arbitrator of that line? Who determines and, that this person has crossed this line and is this person that we're gonna punish? Or who determines where that line is? Okay, right? so okay, so I'm gonna do, I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna split down I'm gonna split up what you said in two. First of all, who determines it and the word punish. We already know Chappelle is not getting punished. He's he he. Part of his comedy is that he knows he do, he's not beholden to anybody except Netflix. And even that way, even in that relationship, it's not sort of executive to talent. It's peer. It's peer to peer, to the point that Netflix had uh a, there was a walkout staged by members of the trans community that worked there. And honestly, this is not even a joke. I didn't realize there were that many members of the trans community working in Netflix to begin with for them to have such a substantive walkout. Mm-hmm. But you got to also understand, not mm-hmm. everyone who appeared for that were employees, right? 
yeah, so yeah. and also, and also yeah. some people that were employees were also allies yeah, yeah. Who, of course okay. of course that's true mm-hmm. that's true so, so ergo you know, a big number yeah. so again who is going to who's who de- who determines if it's offensive i'd say the first person or the first group of people are the people offended like literally Correct. they should get to determine if something is offensive Correct. now there is there is there comedy has always been given the the leniency to be offensive correct but then it's offensive in the name of art and then there's just being mean there's punching down okay like like because if we if we want to say okay comedy should just be given a carte blanche and whatever then we, we might as well just go back to minstrel shows because i mean it was all in the name of comedy with the exaggerated features of black people whether it was the lips the eyes or clown imagery or large behinds it's like where so now we're saying i'm not offended by it so you shouldn't mm-hmm. be and like yeah but where does so that here's, end? Here's, so here's why here's why i think those two things are not the same right okay. uh, the, the problem with, with those shows that you're talking about from back in the day where they exaggerated the problem is they only exaggerated black people features okay. they only portrayed black people as monkeys only mm-hmm. portrayed black people as lesser than okay they didn't make fun of themselves if they okay. equally portrayed white people as, you know, whatever, and made fun of white people as well, and made fun of everyone, including themselves, there'd be a whole difference. Okay. But when you only pick on a particular group of people, that's where bullying comes in, right? You know, you have a bunch of people, they pick on one guy's shoes, and they laugh at that guy's shoes. That's where it's wrong. But if you're in a group of friends, and everyone's shoes is getting laughed at, and everyone's laughing at everyone's backpack, it feels less bad. When it comes to you, you know, you know, eventually it'll go to the next person. You're offended, but you, you feel less like they're ganging up on me and you feel more like everybody's getting roasted. So, OK, sure, I'm not happy, but OK. I think that is where the biggest line comes. The, the difference comes in what was happening back then versus what was happening now. If you're a white comedian and you're using the N word and all you do is use the N word then that's a problem. You're not making jokes that are funny. You're targeting people. In Dave Chappelle's special, he made fun of everyone. There was a time even I felt uncomfortable. He made fun of white women, white men, black people, everyone. Even himself. Even the baby. By, by you know, he saw everyone was made fun of. I think that's a huge difference because that shows you that this person isn't targeting you they're not doing this against you. It's something that everyone is getting it because that's really the difference in comedy versus intentional hurt. Intentional hurt would be targeted. Comedy, you know, let's have fun. Let's make fun of everyone. Now, you know, so I'm not saying, and I do agree with you, right? The people who determine, you know, uh, uh, where the line is are the people who are being talked about, right? Um, but then the question then is, where do you, how do you apply that line? Do you only apply it to Dave Chappelle? Do you only apply it to the baby? Do you do you do you apply it to the baby but dance to Lil Baby's song? You see what I'm saying? Do you say, hey, the baby, you're get you you cross the line, but Boosie, we will dance to your song, right? Where do you? Does that sound fair, right? For, for to say, hey, two people say the same thing. Everyone says the same thing. 
Well, well, only well, this well I, who, are you are you saying that because like the people we object to are the people who have said the offensive things. We can't say be, just because they're a rapper that you're putting them in the same uh, bucket as the baby or Boosie because everything that I'm seeing towards Boosie and the baby are like it's almost unanimous when it comes to like the pushback against whatever hateful things they're saying. The baby, his is more pronounced the same way Chappelle's one is more pronounced because they have a larger stage. The baby was literally in the middle of like performing at festivals. His star was on the rise. Boosie hasn't really been relevant other than like this stuff and like since he got out, basically, since he got out of jail. If we're okay. talking about in the days of, another example uh -huh. of a popular Jay Z. There's uh -huh. a song, Jay Z song that I had on my playlist that I had to take it off. Okay. I couldn't listen to it anymore. And me, usually, I don't care about a lot of things, but right. it was just ah, every time I heard that part, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I gotta, what, 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 what was the song? Was it was it "Girls, Girls, Girls"? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. You know, was it was it the red dot or feather line? Lot, there, was a, there was a lot of like uh, uh, just uh, what do you call it? Uh, stereotypical. Like stere yes. I, that's just, how I figured just, it was just, that song. It was it was it was not great at all, right? But that's Jay Z, right? Right. So he's bigger than than but, than the baby. But that song is also like fifteen years old. Okay, I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. So now we're saying the time of what you do is what matters or doesn't matter, right? right? Mm -hmm. Okay. What about Kevin Hart's tweets? Okay, so this is perfect that you brought this up. So yeah, I mean they were from years ago. Yes. So okay. So there's there's the issue of uh what what is the what 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 is that what's the term like uh how long it takes for something to still be remain uh, yes exactly statute, statute of limitation so yeah. for kevin hart whether it's whether it was offensive by those standards of of that day or standards of today the key difference for kevin hart is he has apologized for those for those tweets, for those words, for that stand-up routine. He actually apologized for it. Where he he got his backup was, you guys want me to keep apologizing for this every time it's brought up. It's like at that point, at that point, it's like not only am I uh, not only am I being relitigated, but I'm being repunished. Mm -hmm. So it's like back then when it wasn't as offensive as it is now and there's and there's something to be said for how things are being found offensive it's like because we're now listening to the people who are offended it was offensive mm -hmm. then we just didn't, we, we just weren't paying attention to the people who were saying hey that's kind of messed up we're like hey sit down and laugh don't worry it's funny you'll get of it course. eventually and like no it's like because it's like it's it's also very uh patronizing to comedians to say we don't think you can be funny without being needlessly offensive. It's okay. Like, it's like but see, but, but, but here's, here's the reason I brought up Kevin Hart. Go ahead. Right? Was this. So Kevin Hart, the same way Jay-Z did some stuff back in the day, people still play that record. I've been outside, people still play the record. They just cut it short. And a lot of people don't even know, you know, aren't really aware, unless you're in that position. Mm -hmm. You know, he said, excuse me, Miss Fufu. Like, okay, sir, let's, let's dial that down a bit, right? So there's that. But then you add the part of, uh, you, you compare with Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart had put the tweet out. He's a comedian, mm -hmm. obviously. And the tweet was specifically, you know, he was going to, you know, whatever it was, right? Mm -hmm. 
Now, he's apologized about it. He had to apologize about it, mm-hmm. right? Now, even the, given the fact that he had already apologized, he still lost his hosting gig. Right. He yes. still lost his hosting gig. So, so, so now that's not even the end of it, right? Mm-hmm. So my question is, and trust me, this is not me having an opinion. This mm-hmm. is me trying to make sense. Where is the sense? Where are we at? How can you, because at the end of the day, what I feel like might be okay to happen is we need to establish some kind of sense. Otherwise, if you are a comedian or you're a person who exists, a, a, a movie actor or movie director, Oh, damn. So oh. I spend this 15 million. This person punished. No one was punished for this. And then you'd be the first one to put it out. And then you're the you're the person that they go, OK, it's your turn. So but the reason I brought up Kevin Hart was this. Right. Kevin Hart had to apologize for it. And even after apologizing for it, he lost his hosting gig. The one job that he had, you know, wanted to do his whole life, according to his story. Right. Was host. I think it was either the Oscars, Oscars. Or, the or something, something like that. Oscars. Right. But then you have the person who is leading, position themselves as a leader of the current, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, I guess those speaking up against Dave Chappelle, right, was caught in the exact same thing Kevin Hart was caught in. So what happens then? So you try, if you see the pattern I'm trying to draw is you have a bunch of things that happen similarly, but it's not adding up how they're getting treated and portrayed how they're getting you know what it's there's no cohesive sense how dense in how this has been approached you can't say everyone who made a joke in the back in the day they're getting they discovered now yes you will definitely lose something because you have to commit to it you can't say you will not lose something you can't say because you're every famous person that says s you can't say every comedian there is no cohesiveness in how this whole thing is working that's my question is, okay, let's say today Dave Chappelle was totally out of line, right? So what do we then say about Pat Williams, who might be on tour? Or what do we say about uh, some of these other white comedians? Unfortunately, I don't, I don't watch a lot of white comedians, but I see snippets, right? <laughs> you know, what do we say about them, right? Are we going to apply this to, to others as well? If not, the next person who's telling their joke tomorrow tells the same jokes, gets away with it. But then the 10th person, you know, so where is the cohesion? And if we're saying this, then the person who's leading the march right now was discovered to do the same thing to Asians. And I read some of those tweets and it was, I personally wasn't great. I mean, either to say, I'm, I'm trying to be the most polite. It wasn't great. What they said was horrible. I mean, entirely horrible i mean I, i'm not sure if have you read the tweets no no i i i just oh i just stayed away it it's like it's horrible I, you, you can already it's, you could already tell the tenor of what was going on there yeah i tried to stay away but i was like you know what let me just take a look and see what was being mm. said and it wasn't just one it was multiple tweets and it was it wasn't that long ago it was actually fairly recently oh you know yeah compared to right so what then happens to this person right what is the social, have they gained some social equity that we say, oh no, because they're doing this now, we can't, you know, how does this all work? That's the question. I, I believe, in my opinion, 50% of what Dave Chappelle was trying to say was just that. 
how do we determine how this works? How does this work? How do, what do I do here? That's the reason why he was, he, in my opinion, again, this is my understanding of his, of his stand-up. The, the, the stand-up had two points. One was, um, well, no, the biggest point was a lot of this isn't working per any standard, which is why he brought up the whole idea of, um, you know, uh, the LGBTQ community, um, you know, making certain advances or the women's uh, uh, community making certain advances that took the black community decades and they're not even as made as, as much of an advance. So where does the campaigning for good start and stop? And I think that was the biggest point of his standup was how do we arbitrate this? Who's making these rules? What are the rules? When do they apply? Who do they apply to? What's going on? And I right. think that's the main so, point. All right. So be before we move on from this, because we, we really went long on this one is... We did. This was a very touchy one. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's like this. Something that, that seems to always be lost when that uh, explanation is brought up is that there are black members of the lgbtq community that of are course. some that are somehow being erased in his in his uh what about is him in his advancement for like in in the race for advancement those people like trans black trans men and women are like significant at significantly higher risk of violence uh to be brutalized or murdered and most of the time by black cis men mm -hmm. that's the thing like if he was trying to like bring about okay what's happening with the black community there are easier ways to do that it's like bring up the fact that there are that no. are no because because you cannot, you cannot say you can, no no because if you're go, if the thing is uh black uh black people our plight is not as highlighted as opposed to lgbtq or or like how, how they've leapfrogged us in in line like they they're they're it's like they've gone farther in a short amount of time isn't that what isn't that what he's saying no, not necessarily. Okay. So that that was the that was just the those were uh, exam uh, uh, explanations behind the question. The question was, mm -hmm. uh, or the point was, um, how does this all work? That was the point. So he so he wants right. he, he's trying to because, find like a a, a a a a fixed set of rules to guide. What are the rules, and yeah. who gets to make the rules? Yeah, that's but, the question. He's yeah. so that's the like, whole point is okay yeah. because he gave the example of of, um, you know, these people, this community, they apply certain rules and it works for them and they make advancements, but this other community applies the same rules and it doesn't work. Um, you know, he the, he gave the, 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 I think the most troublesome part of, oh, I think might be, but I don't know. Uh, one of the troublesome parts, I guess, of the standup was uh, he was approached by, I think a transgender woman and he made, he told a story about how he hit the transgender person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now. The point from my understanding of how he said that and why he said that was, again, because of this reason. If we're to treat people equally and this person is a transgender man and they approached me because he mentioned in the story he told they approached him in an aggressive manner. Well, no, that so that one wasn't the transgender. That was just a lesbian. Oh, a lesbian. I'm yes, sorry. Yes, a lesbian. Yes, I stand corrected. Yes. yes. Uh, so uh, and, was, and they but, approached but, him but then, in a certain manner, right? Not trans, but... And he's yes, supposed to I, yes. consider them as then here's the thing he did, right? By telling this joke, right? Now, 
I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I'm just explaining what I think he was trying to do. Okay. Um, if he had told the same joke with a man as the antagonist, okay. no one would care, right? No one would care. But if we're to assume that these two people are to be equal, not equal, there's some equivalence there. Well, why aren't we, um, uh, how come I'm telling this joke? And he knew it would be a problem, like he said. I'm telling this joke and it's a problem. Then the question is, what is the actual rule then? Because if the actual rule is I'm supposed to consider them like a, I'm telling this joke and look, it's triggering you, which he expected that to trigger people. But then what is the actual rule? And that's where I believe a lot of the point of what he was trying to say is I'm going to say some things that might trigger some people. But what is the rule? How is on the one hand, we're saying one thing. On the other hand, if I abide by those rules, I am triggering people. So what is the rule? Okay, so we're, we're, we're definitely going to have to pick this this particular topic up at another time. But I wanted to touch on some other things before we wrap up. Uh -huh. So speaking of abiding by rules, uh, mm -hmm. Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets, he decided he wasn't going to abide by the vac vaccine oh. mandate as stated by the state of New York. Not It's not an NBA rule. It's It's a New York rule. It's a California rule. Basically, anybody who plays for the Brooklyn Nets, yeah, yeah, New York yeah. Knicks, any of the California teams will not be allowed to practice or play or even travel with the team until you're vaccinated. Uh, so Kyrie himself has, he went live at, uh, he went on IG Live at some point because mm. this the story had been out there for a while that he wasn't vaccinated, wasn't going to get vaccinated. He had the opportunity for months to address it. It's one thing if you say, okay, he, it, personal freedoms, down for that completely. Down, down for that. Personal freedom, all, but, but personal freedom does not uh, recuse you from consequence. Does not, yeah. does not recuse I mean, you from blowback. Does not, like, we, we, you're see, right. We, but here's the thing. Okay, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't believe this is a topic of personal freedom. I do have an opinion on this topic. Go ahead, and I go believe, ahead. please do. I believe you should. I believe vaccination. You should be vaccinated. Um, I have. I have a very strong opinion there. Oh, you should okay. Be Just um, no gray area. No gray area. Okay. This is not a personal freedom conversation. Okay. The truth of the matter is, every day you wake up, you subscribe to society, whether okay. you like it. When you wake up, you use YouTube. I'm using a Mac right now. I'm using an Apple product. Um, I have a job that pays me money. Um, I buy things at a grocery store. Every time you wake up and participate in these things, you're subscribing to society. Okay. Meaning you're subscribing to certain uh, uh, rules of society, certain togetherness that society provides. And what that means is while you might have your personal freedom, the truth of the matter is you don't have exclusive individual freedom, right? Okay. The sense of individuality exists within the context of society. Okay. You're an individual, you get to make your own rules, but you exist within society. And there are times that society will have to, you'd have to make decisions that are not great for you personally, but work great for society. That's how society works, okay. you know? So this isn't a matter of freedom. If you really want to be personally free, and be able to make your personal decision, then go live in the woods. Oh, 
unsubscribe from society, right? It's like it's like it's like you follow a, 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 a celebrity, and then you go on their picture and then say, "I am going to make a personal comment." You're in their page. Hmm. This is their page. If you okay. don't want to, if you don't like what you see on their page, unfollow them. Okay. Okay. Right. So when you wake up and you subscribe to society, then there are certain things that society would be would require of you. Okay. So then, what about uh, if he had mentioned something? Uh, because I think he was trying to get a religious exemption. Then what? Religious exemption is something that society has collectively decided is an okay factor. Okay. And it's not just an exemption in, in vaccinations. Religious exemption exists in taxes. You don't get to pay your taxes if you have religious reasons. You know, it exists for so many things. So society has created multiple exceptions that allows you to skip certain things because of those rules. But I could tell you this for a fact is if you have a religion that tells you to go buy nuclear weapons and no. yeah, well, I bet you your religious exception isn't going <laughs> to cash in on that. You get my point. So society mm. has these rules. Mm. If you want to exist in society, you, you have, if you don't want to follow these societal rules, it's easy. Go live in the woods. Okay. Unsubscribe. So, but to subscribe and enjoy society, but then when it gets to your turn to contribute to society, you say, well, this is my personal decision. Well, then you're just cheating. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it's like you go rob a bank and say, hey, it was my personal decision to just rob the bank. You know, okay, sir. You know, now you're just, what do you expect? To eat your cake and have it? Like, no. You know, that's why we all have to go to school through either school or because society makes those requirements. You can't say, Personal freedom, I'm not going to go to school or build any technical skill set, but I want money. Yeah, it's not going to work that way. Unfortunately, it's not. So the same thing, societal rules. If you say, hey, I'm not getting a vaccine, well, then you don't get to play. That's, that's it's simple. <laughs> okay. So because I, I know you ha I know you said you had a lot of thoughts on this, so but I didn't want to make this necessarily just like a, a vaccine conversation because anyone who listens to the podcast knows exactly how I feel about this. Uh, as someone who had COVID and I had a bad bout of it, like of course, I feel like not getting it is extremely irresponsible, selfish, and and to some point deadly because you can be asymptomatic and pass it on to somebody who of becomes course. really sick or dies from it. And a lot, of, the one thing that a lot of people aren't considering is that getting COVID becomes a comorbidity going forward for some people. So the same excuse that people are saying about uh, not having a uh, a lot of people are dying because of comorbidities now. COVID itself becomes a comorbidity later on. But the yeah. I at this point, I'm just looking for reasons to laugh. Okay, it's so it's, that, it's 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 laughable at this point, yeah. bro. It's, so it's, it's, it's ridiculous was, because the truth is, it's it's selfish. Mm -hmm. It is selfish. You know, you can decide to not be happy about that word, um, but it's a fact. It's selfish. The, the vaccine is a fact. Now, I do want to point out, because I, there might be people who watch this and go, well, you can still get and spread the disease, or the, I'm sorry, the virus, if you, you know, are vaccinated. And that's true, right? But statistics is uh, real in this world that we live in. Statistics is real. Physics is real. Biology is real. Chemistry is real. Those are real things, because when you throw a ball up, it falls down. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so based on those things and statistics, if you look at the numbers, there is a, you know, less than 1% uh, rate of spread amongst people who are vaccinated. And if you look at the, 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 the chances of that virus staying long in your body to replicate enough to where it becomes even more harmful to the next person, having a vaccine helps you reduce those uh, likelihoods, you know? So everything's about odds. And society is requesting everyone to help reduce the odds of making everybody sick or killing more people. You know, at some point you have to do your part, even if you don't believe in vaccines. Look around, tens of 300 or over 100 million people have taken vaccines, right? Correct. So even if you don't believe in it, it can't be that bad if hundreds of millions of people have already taken it. I mean, maybe they're your test subjects, right? Look at them and say, hey, okay, let me use them as test subjects. And you look around, it's been almost a year since people took the vert, you know, first vaccine. I would like to think that is a pass, right? Right. That's valid. I yeah. do want to say, even as, even as someone who uh, objectively believes in it and who got it as soon as I was physically able to. Oh, of course. Of course. I, I do want to say like when it comes to when it comes to Kyrie, the thing that makes this even more irresponsible is when he, he when he looks around and sees who his allies are, these are mm-hmm. people who would not spit on him if he were on fire. And all of a sudden they're holding him up as this champion for them like, right. oh look at look at the big black hope and look at him, he's not kowtowing to, to tyranny. He's he, like, when there were anthem protests, they were calling him every every name under the sun, mm-hmm. like inventing new racist names to call him. And yet yeah. now, all of a sudden, they're allies. All of a sudden, and that's important, right? You thing. know what they say? They say, look at who's supporting you before you you're happy for your support. Yeah, <laughs> it's like like when you look like when you're you're charging a you're charging the gate and you look back and see who's with you like hey maybe I should reconsider. Maybe reconsider. <laughs> it's like but he he doesn't seem to get it and then there was a protest outside the Barclays Center for like you could bet that none of those people are Brooklyn Brooklyn Net fans like they, Correct. So it's like at at some point it's it's ridiculous. It, it, and yeah, and, it, and if you you know, if you look at, to me, this isn't a, a debate of, you know, let me also recognize the fact that people's skepticism towards the vaccine stems from potentially a real place, right? Uh-huh. You're dealing with a government that has been known to manipulate uh-huh. its citizens, right? You're dealing with, uh, you know, the FDA and the CDC that you know is done you know, I don't want to have to go pull records, but if you do your research long enough, there are valid reasons to not trust some of these agencies. So I get that. Yeah, but I, I, I definitely don't want to sound like I'm caping up for the government. Absolutely not. Exactly. No, but yeah, at the end of the day, you know, this is really a privileged conversation, in my opinion. This is not a conversation of science, of personal preference. It's a conversation of privilege. Because if you step foot outside of this country, hmm. And you go anywhere else. Matter of fact, if you want to travel to anywhere in Africa, the amount of vaccines you take is insane. Uh I grew up in an era where I got to witness people that had polio. Damn. Right? I grew up in Nigeria. 
in Nigeria, you will see people that have polio. Hmm. And in my lifetime, polio has been eradicated. Right. By vaccines. You know, I have caught malaria when I was a lot younger. You know, I caught malaria. Do you think if there's a vaccine to help prevent me catching malaria and almost losing my life that I wouldn't take it, you know, or I would second guess it? If you live in a third world country, you know, you don't have the benefit of the uh, the, the benefit of being able to do your own research. Oh, boy. Please, please, don't, please don't please don't get me started on that. Please don't get me started on that phrase. Please it's, don't it's, get me started on that. So what we're experiencing is not a matter of fact. It's not a, a debate of fact. It's a debate of, based on privilege. Absolutely. Because everybody who is against have not gotten a single experience of what it's like to need a vaccine. They don't know. No, because when I, you do, you won't question, you won't even, you know. <laughs> no, I, see, I, I get you. I get you. And that is that is something that even amongst black people here, where we, we are so focused on other people's privilege that we fail to look inward and realize, like, getting life-saving medication based on, like, the world coming together and making it happen it's like even considering it is privilege. It's it like, is. Am I or am I not going to? Is, but you know, uh, I I don't I like where I don't want to get bogged down on on vaccine talk because it is it it is needlessly polarizing. It it should be straightforward, but it, it isn't. Be one of the most straightforward things. I don't I don't even know. I mean, people take flu vaccines every year. They don't think twice. You know, it's not debated. There, there's no hoopla. And yes, you could say, well, the flu vaccine has been around for a while and it's been tested. Well, if you have to wait for everything to be around for a while before you can consume it, oh my gosh. Like someone said, Herbalife is not even, is, is not approved by the FDA. Oh, don't, 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 even, don't, don't, don't even go there on what is, not, what is being highly consumed but not approved by the FDA. You know what I mean? There are, there are several cable channels that are dedicated to peddling those products. But, all right, so, you know, let's, you know, let's move to something a little bit uh, happier. And uh, so what the hell is going on with crypto right now? I, oh, I see, I see, I see. Shib doing numbers. People are ready to retire right now. You know, I like Coinbase and Crypto.com crashed, and I'm just trying to figure out. Like, you're the expert, so when what color Lambo should I get? Just that's that's exactly what I want to know right now. An invisible color of yeah. Lambo. So you're so you're telling me so you're telling me my Lambo isn't coming. You're, you're, hey you're, man, look here, here's how here's how I like to put it right. Uh, crypto is a is a is an interesting tool. Okay. Uh, it didn't start off as a as a you know we we all hate capitalism. Well, not we all. A lot of people complain about mm, cap- not, capitalism. Okay. Not not all of us. I have to rephrase that. <laughs> not all of us. Yeah. And not you me. know, I don't entirely hate capitalism. You know, because I I, I try to be realistic about things. Okay. Um, it's it. I think the way it's used, and yes, the design of capitalism is unsustainable. I think, you know, as anything, it shouldn't be a permanent state. It should be a transitional state. But that's capitalism. But I bring that up to say, you know, crypto uh, uh, wasn't started for people to make money. Oh, okay. 
No, it didn't start off as a way for people to make money and make massive money from it. It didn't start off as that, you know. Um, but then again, capitalism got a hold of it. Hmm. And now it's the tool people use to make money. Okay. Um, now, as with anything, here's what I firmly believe. You can make money off of anything, right? Anything that's, in this world. That's the plan. Yeah. You just have to know when to buy and when to sell. Okay. Anything, right? Be it a degree, right? When do you buy that doctorate's degree and when is it not no longer important for you to buy a doctorate's, right? I started off, I did my undergraduates in software engineering. I thought about doing a master's. Uh, I started it. And then midway, I realized it was no longer great to buy this master's degree because I didn't need it anymore. I had gotten everything I needed, experience and all of that stuff. So I decided, so I let it go, right? Everything can either be a way to earn money, uh, can be a way to earn money. You just need to understand what to buy and what to sell. Now, crypto specifically, oh man, you just have to... if. Determine what your goal is. What is your goal? If your goal is to make money and buy a Lamborghini, well, I could tell you, you can make money with crypto. Okay. You can. You can make a lot of money with crypto. Okay. You know? I, I like what I'm uh, so far. Yeah, you can make a lot of money with crypto. Um, you know, you just have to, if your goal is money, right? Your goal is just to make money. Find the coin that people talk less about. Easy way to, one easy way to do this. You can go through the list. There's a, there are about over 4,000 active cryptocurrencies right now. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. There are thousands of active coins. Okay. Right now. Um, Dogecoin was started as not as an actual tool that you should use to buy things with. Right? It was started as a meme coin. Someone made a meme of the dog, and they decided... I'm going to build a cryptocurrency based on the meme, right? Yeah. Okay. And then, and that's how, if you notice, uh, a lot of the money that was made through investing in Dogecoin, a lot of it, a lot of those spikes in Dogecoin where people were selling and making a lot of money were triggered by meme activities. Elon Musk posts something on Twitter. It's, it goes up. There's a meme of Shiba or the dog on a rocket ship. Oh, yeah. It goes up. Everyone starts talking about some, it goes up. So it wasn't a, a coin that was built for real life transaction as opposed to like Ethereum, for example, right? Uh, it was one that was built, I think, and not just I think, you can look this up. I always encourage people to do, please feel free to do your own research, um, except about vaccines. Okay. Listen to, okay. Listen to healthcare yeah. professionals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, could, I, could, I could feel a gotcha coming on there. But, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. but you know, it, it wasn't one that was designed for that. But you can make money off of doing anything. So if you really want to just make money off of, off of cryptocurrency, you have to listen to what's popular out there, right? Okay. What, because it's, it's not, it's not the, 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 right now, the capitalism part of it is based on demand, huh. right? It's, it's based on the, the, the good old way of making money, which is supply demand. Uh -huh. right? right. A matter of fact, all of cryptocurrency is based on supply demand. Uh, but, it, but that's of, just but that's just all economics, though, isn't it? All economics, right? And that's why cryptocurrency kind of works in because it it it. This could be a long conversation, <laughs> but I'm going to keep it short. Okay. Uh, part of the reason why cryptocurrency works at all is 
the longer time it, it, it takes to process or generate a new coin, right? Every time you make one new coin, there is, uh, I'm trying to, I'm going to try to say it as simple as possible because at the end of the day, that's what's important, communicating and getting your ideas to people. Okay. Um, it, it's increasingly more complex to make more coins. Okay. So as so, such, there's a limitation in supply. So it's not just like printing money. It's not like printing right, paper right. currency. Okay. You can't print it. There has to be some control. Uh, for regular currency, the control is the Federal Reserve, um, uh, the, the Federal Bank, right? The Reserve, Federal Reserve, right? They control how many money they print and how much they decide not to print, how much they want to circulate and how much they want to burn. They burn a lot of money every day. Yeah, if you, I'm sure you're aware, and a lot of people are aware, they burn tons of money. Destroy. Let's just say destroy. I don't know if they actually use fire. There, Maybe there not. might be some incineration going on. Yeah, I believe so. I believe back, at least back when I last checked, there was some incineration going on. But for crypto, the control is no longer a central bank. It's decentralized, right? The control is in itself, meaning every time there's a new one, it just takes much more time, work, effort to make another one, right? So its limitation is controlled by itself. So if you want to make money off of crypto, it's, it's quite straightforward, right? One, put your ears to the streets, right? The social streets, right? Mm, okay. you know, it'll, right? It'll tell you everything, which, you know, which are the coins that are, you know, on their way. And then look at the list. You can Google this. Just Google top 200 coins. Damn. Right? Yeah, you, 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 you will see that the ones we talk about are really just maybe the top, I don't know, 15 or 10, there are, you know, the top 500 coins, the, the 500th coin has millions of dollars invested in it already. There are people who have spent millions of dollars buying these coins. So there are thousands of coins, but if you think of the 500th coin, people are still buying it, right? So you can still make money. You can make money from crypto, listen to the streets, Get the list, get the top 200, find a, a wallet uh, app that allows you to trade, not the top 10, but like the maybe the, the, the middle 10 to 20, right? because not all wallet apps allow you to trade them. Okay. And then decide out of those top, those, those mid 20 is more popular out there that people are talking about, there's steam around it, conversation around it, and you can buy into those. But here's the caveat. Uh-huh. Crypto uh, isn't guaranteed. There is no guarantee. Now, what I mean is when the Federal Reserve prints out a $100 note, you look at the money in your wallet right now, you see a signature to the right. That signature is the federal government of the United States guaranteeing that if you give us this piece of paper, we will give you $100 equivalent of anything you want. We guarantee that. Okay. If you find this piece of paper in London and you manage to walk all the way to the U.S. and you say, here's a hundred, we will give you a hundred dollars worth of commodity, whether it's, you know, grapes, oranges, whatever. We guarantee this. And if for some reason someone else couldn't take your money, you can go back and say, hey, bank, here's this money that you signed and give me some pounds because I want pounds sterling. And they say, okay, fine. We'll give you this because they've guaranteed it. 
And America can do so because America owns a lot of resources, right? They own farms, they own uh, livestock, precious minerals, so they can guarantee the stuff because they own these actual resources. And there are laws that allows them to uh, take over even private resources if you know national security is a question. Hmm. So the government of America can guarantee that note. But cryptocurrency, if you have one Bitcoin, there is no one anywhere that guarantees you that this Bitcoin, if you come back and say, hey, look, it's going to be worth anything. There's zero guarantee. All right. So if you buy, understand that buyer beware. You buy at your own risk. If everybody decides today that we're no longer doing crypto, we don't care about Bitcoin, and they drop it, that's it. You can't complain to anyone. You can't cry to anyone. You can't because there's zero guarantee, zero insurance. But the federal government, even if we all collectively decide we're no longer using the U.S. dollar, doesn't matter. Because we exist in the United States, huh. you get what I'm saying. I got you. I it's got a bank. You. It's a bank. It's a piece of paper that the government is saying, even if the society doesn't care about it, we care about it, and we're giving you this piece of paper. So that's the key difference. So if you want to go into crypto, you can make a lot of money from it, but enter at your own risk. All right. So uh, we're going to finish up with this last thing and. And it like you use the perfect line at the end, enter at your own risk. <laughs> there was a story about a woman who was stuck with a $3,100 dinner oh bill. Oh, God. Enter after, at your own risk, fam. <laughs> after her blind date. That, let's not even skip over that fact that it was a blind date. After her it's blind date, date. I saw that. to pay for the 23 family members she brought along. That is wild. Okay. There, there's so much to deconstruct there because number one, like we said, blind date. Number two, 23 family members. That's wild. Like, did she just put it in the group chat? Like, oh, uh, <laughs> I know. how do you even get that many people? Yeah. To... <laughs> and then to show up at the same time, right. and show up on time to eat food. How? How did the restaurant even make room for 22 it's people? Thank you. So I, I, was, I, like, I had a birthday dinner and I had to call like seven restaurants yeah. to find that, that that would take it. Like, and 23 that she brought along. Like, does that mean she invited more than 23? And these were the only ones right. who were available? Right. The ones that they actually showed up. <laughs> or did she like post it on social media or something? Like what, what happened? That's, that's, that's crazy. crazy. That was crazy. To me, that's insane because I actually have a something similar has happened to me personally oh okay you know i was i was talking to this person and i remember we went out to eat at a a, a restaurant now when we went out to eat they had invited their friend to to visit they had a friend visiting from out of town okay. right uh this is a friend not it's not even family members but even then i feel like the same would apply they invited a friend from who was staying with them you know it was their personal friend close friend so we go out to eat, and I also invited one of my friends, right? Okay. Because they had a couple of friends with them, and I didn't want to be the, you know, yes, I knew her, we were dating, but 
I didn't know her friends like that. So I invited one of my friends so we can, you know, if they're having their conversations, I don't feel left out asking, oh, what, what was that, you know? Mm. So I bring my friend out, we go eat. And then at the end, they're like, hey, how do you want to, you know, pay for this, the bill? And then I respond, and I think my friend did the same as well. We both respond, I think, at the same time. We're like, oh, separate. And then they, they left. They said, okay, they left and went to sort the bill out and brought it back. And then we paid for it. Now, personally, I felt like separate was the best way to go about this because I wasn't trying to pay for my friend. And the moment you start to pay for one person, hmm. it gets complicated. My friend was comfortable paying for himself because he also voiced at the same time. We, we both said, oh, separately, because he was comfortable paying for himself. And then, you know, I was comfortable paying for my girl. But the fact of the matter is, I don't know your friends. I didn't invite your friends. How many friends were there? There were about, I think, four. Oh, that's a large party. Yeah, there were about four friends. Now, you know, but let's all skip past, you know, for a second, let's skip past what I was comfortable paying for. At that moment, I felt paying separately was just the best. Let's all just pay separately. We'll figure it out some other day or some other way. It wasn't a big deal to me because personally, I have no, you know, on, on any given day, a lot of people who know me will probably tell you I have no issue paying for the whole tax. But in that moment, it was it was just weird and, and things, you know, one person had said separate. I thought about it and I, you know what, let's just all pay separate. We'll figure it out later. Um, but come to find out. Come uh -oh. to find out. Uh oh, that's when there's a plot twist. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. My girl then relayed to me that her friends had a problem with them paying. Yeah, yeah. So they, they had a problem paying for uh, their own food. For their own food at yeah. something that they weren't initially invited to? Something that, yeah, something that I didn't invite you to it. I, I don't know who. I initially invited my girl when she told me she was bringing a friend. I said, okay, it's going to be a big party. I don't want to be alone. Let me get my friend and let's just do our thing. And it wasn't even dinner where we planned to sit. It was like a lunch. We were just mm. out having casual, relatively casual lunch. Okay. So they felt some type of way about me suggesting they pay for their own food. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Now, mind you, ever since then, that was the last time I ever paid for anything related to her friends. Because from then on, it was strict. It was you pay for your own. Every, if you invite them, they pay for their own food. You know, I thought that was disrespectful. But at the end of the day, I find it interesting, right? That like people just show up and just like. I don't know. Like, I don't understand that that that, that mentality because everywhere I show up to, I am I feel obligated to make sure I'm okay. I don't care who invited me. I don't care if it's my parents or whoever invited me. I'm I feel obligated to make sure that I don't become a burden. Mm -hmm. Okay, I I get that. You see what I mean? So are you saying some people are just more comfortable being a burden? Is that is that what it is, or they don't mind? I really, I think people don't think about it. Mm. People are very self-centered. Okay. They're very, a lot of people, 
I think everyone in the world is self-centered first off, but I think some people are more so self-centered than others. And I say that because I think they just show up and just have the thought that someone else is going to pay for this. <laughs> because, and they don't stop to think if it's you know good or bad or how people will feel because they only care about they only care about their enjoyment. Hmm. They don't stop to think about anything. So I, I want to ask you this: What do you think the guy did to get out of this? Do you think he just did like, oh, I'm going to the bathroom real quick, and then hit the door, or did do you think he just balanced at the table and ate his food and didn't look up at anybody? And told the waiter, like, I'm not with any of these people. I didn't I, read I the did. whole I didn't read the whole story about farm. If it was me, I would have dipped. I would have said, Hey, one second, and I'm hoping that's what he did. I'll at least eat my food because mm. I came here to and the one thing about me when I go out to eat, you know, whether it's a date or whatever, you know, it'll be difficult for me to like I if I'm here to eat, I'm gonna eat unless there's something really bad happening. Right. Um, if I were him, I would eat my food. And at the end of the food, I'll go to the waitress and say, hey, so here's my money for my tab. And I'll tell them, hey, I'll be back in one second. <laughs> so, does, so does it matter wh uh, when during the proceedings that they showed up? Does that matter at all? Like, it doesn't matter, man. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's just it's just disrespectful on so many levels. It's entitlement. It's entitled. It's disrespectful. It's it's I can understand if there's some culture involved because we're talking about a different uh, country here, right? With their own traditions, different culture. Uh, but obviously, the man left. Well, that he wasn't clued in on that culture. <laughs> you know, he wasn't clued in. If he was surprised and left and he made news, obviously he he wasn't clued in on 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 what on the culture. You know, but the truth of the matter is. I don't think that should ever be a thing. You should it should never be a thing, especially when it's a date. This is a date. This is an intimate moment. My mom scheduled an intimate moment with this woman. And I mean, it's a blind it's a blind date. So this is presumably their first time meeting up and this is the repu this is the impression you're giving first impression. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. And like just do the math. Like each person ordered over $100 worth of food. Like that's yes. also that. Yeah, yeah. Like, where do you draw the line, fam? <laughs> where do you say, fam? Uh, uh, you know, like if everybody ordered ten dollars appetizer, or they all ate off of, you know, that's that's a different story. You know, uh, I I I personally tend to be more strict nowadays with with my money. So unless these are uh, unless it's someone I really care about, or these are people where I know some of them. Um, I don't care if all the order was five dollars. It's not my responsibility. I think the 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 point you will lose me is the audacity. Mm. That's where you've lost me. Mm -hmm. That's where she would have lost me is the audacity. I don't care if they ordered one dollar. The audacity and the entitlement. That's where you would. That's where she would have lost me. And there's no way I'm paying for. Her. Anything, like, especially starting 100, am I mad? <laughs> you know, like, come on, fam, be reasonable. <laughs> no, I get you, I get you, I get you. you so know, I think this, I think that that's just a, a, a good place to end this episode because, like, audacity is just... 
It's everywhere. It, yeah, it's 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 in abundance right now. It's in abundance. And, and oh, it was on full display there. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to thank you again for uh, being on the podcast. And we need to do this again because there are a lot of conversations that we still need to dive into. And I'm trying to keep this to a reasonable length. And uh, thank you again for being here. And I want to thank everybody who watched or is listening. Thank you again for listening to the Well Actually podcast. Uh, we're going to try and do this again next week. Uh, please subscribe, rate, review, however you get your podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, there will be links to the Apple podcast or the Spotify page for it. And a, a big thank you to our sponsor, NijaFoodDepot.com. Please remember to use promo code podcast to get 10% off your next order. Ship all over America and door-to-door deliveries available in New Jersey. All right. Thank you very much. And we're going to do this again soon. Thank you. Thank you.